0: Johanna Clark embodies the ethos of women supporting women. Kindness, inclusion, and confidence is at the core of her statement earring business, Pink Nade, located in the tiny rural town of Warwick Pink Nade is Johanna's fifth business, having started with Joey Jellybean, and then a signwriting business, clothing store, and the local Australia Post contract with her husband Joel. All of this, plus raising five children under the age of 13. In the past three years, Pink Nade has built a cult following on Instagram with more than 22,000 followers. Johanna has been able to combine her love for design, pattern, and colour to bring out a range of bold statement earrings. Johanna shares with us her entrepreneurial journey, which includes limiting beliefs, severe burnout, and costly wholesale mistakes. She also talks about marketing tactics, mentors, the importance of providing a flexible workplace for mums, and how Pinknade welcomes new customers and rewards their loyalty. Meet my friend Johanna from Pinknade. Hello, Johanna, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. I have followed your story and there were so many parts of it that resonated with me as a mum. And as a woman in business as well. So I think our audience will really enjoy today. Uh, What I thought we could do to kick us off is tell me, what did you want to be when you grew up? Really funny that you should ask me that question.
1: We had this conversation yesterday um, because I don't feel like I'm grown up yet. Like there's still things that you want to do. Um, But when I was younger, I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to wear a power suit and live in the city in an apartment and be super important and always busy and rushing around. Um, And that kind of stuck with me all the way through to year 12. Um, But I was also interested in accounting and I felt like it was the same thing. I could be an accountant and I ended up doing a commerce degree um, and did a little bit of law and did not enjoy it. So I went down the sort of line of accounting. Um, but never actually became an accountant.
0: <laughs> so, Yeah. Do you think that's an idea of success to you back then, to be in the power suit, to to be in Melbourne um, and have a career?
1: Absolutely. I grew up in Port Ferry, which is a small country town, and I just wanted to be in the city where things were happening. And I really wanted to be successful. I've always been independent, felt like there was
0: something big out there for me. And at the time, that was kind of what I focused on yeah I just I wonder where we get that from where whether it's the role models we have um you know the magazines we were reading back then you know Dolly Girlfriend I don't know or shows that we watched I'm really unsure where we get that idea yeah I don't know either I can't even think back that far
1: to what would have inspired it um I, and this wasn't from when I was younger, but when I was a teenager, definitely Elle Woods from (laughs) Legally Blonde. I just wanted to be her. And I still, to this day, if I'm feeling down or unmotivated, I'll watch Legally Blonde and
0: perk back up again. Oh yeah. Well, that's making a comeback too, I think. So that'll be exciting. (laughs) So you always wanted to be say a lawyer or an accountant. Obviously something happened in your life um, that, that made you take, you know, a different path. What was that?
1: Um, children.
0: Oh, <laughs> bless them. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, I Change makers yeah. they are. I know. I fell pregnant when I was 18 with my first child. Um, I had him when I was 19. I was actually at uni studying nursing and midwifery um, when that happened. And I don't know why I went down that path. And after I had him, I kind of, I went back to TAFE and did accounting and things like that. But I found that wasn't really flexible. Um, I wanted to be there for my kids when I needed to be And I didn't like having to ring up, you know, if my kid was sick from work and call in sick and be unreliable. To me, that just didn't feel right. Um, And I'd always been creative. So when I said I wanted to be an accountant and a lawyer, in my spare time, I was making earrings out of a tackle box. I was using all of my money from my part-time jobs to buy beads at the bead shop. Um, I was lead lighting. I was just doing creative things. So it's always been a part of my life, but I didn't think you could make money doing it. So I guess I went for that career path but also because school drummed it into me that you have to get a good enter score you have to go to uni and build a career and if you didn't then you were a huge failure and what would you like what would you do I would just be so lost if I didn't so in high school um, I did subjects like maths methods and like advanced English and stuff that I hated because you got a better score than jewellery making which was something I loved I used to go in at lunchtime and do that Um, because you would lose points or something. I can't remember how it really worked but uh, we were sort of guided to not necessarily follow our passion and just follow something that you could get that score and then um, actually when I had Ezekiel when I was 19 and then... I went back to uni to do accounting when I was 21. I couldn't use my ender score anymore. I <laughs> no. was a mature age student and I was like, what? I, I just killed myself studying all of that time for three years later to not be able to use it and to have to find another way. So like I did a diploma of accounting at TAFE to find my way into the course, but oh, that just ticked me off.
0: There are so <laughs> many pathways into what you want to do. Yes. And I think that's the thing that, you know, it's really good to remind those that are doing their VCE is that it doesn't all land on that last score that you get. I think just the, the fact that you've actually finished year 12 is really important. I think they need to make that push through and, and finish something because um, then that sets you up, you know, from then on in. But in terms of, you know, needing that, that really special score for what you do, oh God, who as you said, you come in as a mature age student later on. Um, you know, for me, it was more so about work experience like on the job work experience that helped me get a position however I've always had that little that little voice behind me that says you're still not not good enough but you don't have that piece of paper Kimberly. like you've never gone to uni you're just an amateur at what you do do you like ever feel like that as well all the time yeah so I have
1: the piece of paper oh you're lucky no no (laughs) I don't so I have the piece of paper that says that I have a Bachelor of Commerce um which is accounting but I actually like I said I never used it when I went to uni I had just had my second child and when I graduated I was pregnant with my fourth so I just couldn't get a job afterwards because I was going to have to leave um so I taught myself graphic design and I'm the graphic designer in my husband's signwriting. Well, up until recently, we just hired someone finally to take over my role. But I felt like the biggest fraud because I didn't go to uni to do graphic design. So how can I say I am a graphic designer, charge an hourly rate... If I don't have the piece to favor, yeah. which is imposter syndrome, it is talked about. Yeah, before,
0: so. yeah, imposter syndrome is absolutely huge, and I think um, it just pops up whenever, too, doesn't it? You know, it, it's not something I think we overcome. I was saying to you before we hit record that. Uh, I listened to a podcast with you on the way over. Um, I just happened to find one right at the end before I'd taken the uh, two and a half, three hour drive over. And I thought, oh, I'll listen to that, see if there's anything else I can pick up. And it was probably the worst thing that I did because he was really good. He asked great questions, fantastic segues. And I just, I got in my head and gone, oh my God, well, I don't know where to go with this now. I'm, I'm completely lost. So I think, yeah, that imposter syndrome always pops up, doesn't it? Yeah. And you'll listen to, like I've listened to
1: lots of podcasts with women who I consider to be extremely successful. Um, They're leaders in their fields and they feel like imposters. I'm like, wow, if they can feel like that, then um, we're not alone. And you can feel like that at any level. Like even when I employed my staff, I, like I've had jobs before, but I was never in a management role and I don't feel like I can be the boss I'm like I'm not the boss because I've never done that before and who am I to be in charge of people
0: even though I am and yeah I don't know there's so many different styles of leadership and management though so I'm sure you're doing the right thing in in the way you're approaching it I've just I've just got a feeling by what I see on uh, Instagram Um, and of course walking through uh, your store today they seemed perfectly happy Yes. (laughs) now um, so you had your second and where did you go from there did you try to you know find a job that would fit in with family life? Yeah, so I was a pharmacy assistant um,
1: prior to when I worked in hospitality and things like that and it kind of worked but it didn't like with um, if I needed to call in sick or anything like that. So I decided to start my own creative business because I could do it around study, around kids in my own time and it would fulfil that sort of passion as well. So I started a children's brand called Joey Jelly Bean and I just started sewing bibs and dresses and even though I had only boys at the time, um, all of those sorts of things and it kind of, that was the start of my entrepreneurial journey and where I really loved working for myself and couldn't necessarily see myself working for someone else. Um, So, that was, I actually, to be honest, can't remember anything from that time because there was uni, kids, work in any available time that I had Um, and I'm not... Someone who can underachieve, if that makes sense. So, like, at uni, I couldn't just do um, a half job on an assignment. I had to try and get a high distinction or whatever. So, it was a stressful time. But um, I learnt a lot from having that first business. I did that for probably ten years. It evolved. I taught myself how to screen print and then I taught screen printing and then I did some manufacturing offshore and I got into wholesale and did markets, ran a market, Lots of little things. Got into debt, bad debt, good debt. Um, so learned a lot from my mistakes. But sort of, I wouldn't be where I was today if I didn't do that.
0: Well, that sounds like the typical roller coaster of business yes. ownership, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You've pretty much hit all the highs and lows that you possibly could. Yeah. Uh, so let's go back to the lows because I think it's always nice to revisit those, um, talk about them, make other feel other people feel better I think but okay. they're not the only ones <laughs> yes. um, uh, because I think we all have um, such fear and embarrassment around those moments that we don't talk about them out loud and it's so interesting that when we publish these podcasts that people send the dms oh my god thanks for talking about that that's exactly how I feel um, it's great to hear that there's other people out there so yeah because uh, there is a lot of shame around things too. it's shame that yeah. was the word yes, yes. Yep. yeah let's see I've just wiped that word from my <laughs> vocab <laughs> (laughs) No,
1: I know it because I felt it for years um, and I had lots of limiting beliefs then that sort of come from. So, my biggest failure was definitely the debt that I went into to manufacture the baby clothing overseas. I made heaps of mistakes with accepting samples and going into manufacturing when the sample wasn't quite right. So, when the product arrived, even though I'd said, okay, make them two inches longer, I didn't get that sample of it two inches longer and they just all turned up wrong. And um, there was, when I was doing it, we had the big drop in the US and Australian dollar. So at one point, between I paid for my samples and I paid for the order, there was a $16,000 like drop. It was just exchange rate difference. I didn't get anything for that (laughs) $16,000. So I had credit cards, I had overdrafts, personal loans, like anything I could to just, and I keep thinking next, like I'll sell through this, pay the debt off next season. Um, But the reality is that you actually don't usually sell through all of your stock which I didn't know. I thought you would produce something. I loved it. It was cool. People would like fight over buying it. Like it wouldn't be that hard to get stockists and sell retail and I'd get rid of all the stock and then I would pay for the next. And that was not the reality at all. And I just had to keep getting more and more debt. And the stress was just next level. Um, And then from, I accidentally got pregnant with my fifth child and I decided that I would stop right there. And then, because I couldn't remember the, like the years when my other kids were little because of the stress and things like that and I didn't want that for my last he was definitely going to be my last so I stopped the business and was left with the debt so I didn't have that next season to help me pay off I just cut it I'm still paying that debt off today but I had carried a lot of shame and thought I had this limiting belief then that I was terrible with money and I didn't know what I was doing and I wasn't good enough um, so anything that I did business related going forward I had that Thought in my head, and I said it to myself all of the time like, who are you to do this? You have no idea what you're doing. You're terrible with money. Um, Even if you make it, you won't know what to do with it. And I carried that for years and years until I went to a Tony Robbins conference and um, walked on fire and did all of those things and worked through the limiting beliefs and um, realised that was just a story I was telling myself of one mistake that I made and it didn't define my future or what I was capable of. So as soon as I let that go, um, things started to change.
0: Oh, thank goodness! Um, yeah, we've all been there with that debt. Trust me, yeah. <laughs> you know the mag. Yep, I've yeah. been there. You know, it's like yeah. yeah, I'll just take the money out and cover the, um, I suppose the balance of what the advertising didn't, just so we can get this mag out and and look successful. And I think people think it makes a massive profit when, you know, advertising revenues few and far between. Yeah. So yeah. you do what you do because you're passionate. But as you said, you've got to pull yourself up at some point and you know, and and look for a different way. Um, So what would be your advice then to those that are in manufacturing, like that are creating those fabrics and samples and things like that? Is there any tips that you could give someone that's going down that that road? If you can find someone on the ground. So I'm looking at
1: potentially maybe going back into it um, in the near future. And there's agencies around and there's one in Australia where they will go to the factory and check. And you can give them a sample that you've approved. They will go and check that sample to um, the ones that they're producing to make sure that it's all correct instead of like a pallet of stock arriving that's completely wrong. But um, definitely just to make sure your final sample is exactly how you want it before they go into production. And it's okay to have
0: that confidence to push back as well. Yes, yeah. And if it
1: costs you an extra $1,000, because sometimes they'll push you and say, oh, if we resample this, it's going to cost another $1,000. How about we just go into manufacturing, pay it? Because it might seem like a lot at the time, but when all of that stock arrives and you can't sell it, um, that was one of mine. Labelling was another mistake I made. I had a heap of stuff come with the incorrect labels on them and... I physically sewed the labels on like a thousand things so um
0: yeah yeah labeling as well so I just don't think people see those hard nights those hard yards behind the scenes no and people don't share that stuff you're not gonna say all these
1: leggings arrived in the elastic was too tight so I couldn't sell them and you know what do you do with that sort of stuff people don't talk about that they don't they want you want people to see that you're killing it you don't Like that, And I think that's actually an issue and I I don't do it anymore. I did it then. I was like, I wanted everyone to think everything was going well, even though it was falling apart behind the scenes.
0: Now I definitely share
1: the highs and the lows. I don't make it look like we're killing it all the time because we're not.
0: Yeah, yeah. So then what gave you the confidence to go into business round two? Um, I don't know. It just evolved. I'm pretty lucky my
1: husband, Joel, is a natural entrepreneur as well. Very driven, very motivated. I don't think it's for everybody. Um, when you're your own boss, you could quite easily sit at home and watch Netflix all day. You need to be driven to six, like you need that drive to do it. And he has it too. So it's a, it's, I don't know, it's, it is a roller coaster, like what we talked about before, but oh, I was still doing that Joey Jellybean business. And my husband decided to start a sign writing business. And He's someone who's got great ideas, but then the execution sometimes is like, oh, I'll buy the large format printer and we'll work it out later, and then doesn't work it out and I work it out. He knows that I will. We kind of complement each other, even though it drives me nuts. because. Um, but then that forced me to learn graphic design so that I could do the designs for the sign writing and all of that sort of stuff. And then that led me on to... We purchased a, like a retail space down the street so that we could run the business from the one beside it, become available so we decided to open a clothing store um, sort of randomly but also so that I could be here full time and man both businesses so we did that and then I started making earrings to sell in the shop because I wanted a product that had a little bit more margin and that I had a like control over what we sold and then because I would taught myself graphic design I could design my own earrings so it all kind of worked its way to that and then because I'd had experience in markets wholesale things with my previous business I just adapted that to my earring business Pinknade and then that turned into its own standalone business we still have the clothing store and we still have the sign writing
0: business so so how many business is that
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hate saying it <laughs> no 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 so we we technically have five, but um, we have three that we actively run like that. We own an Australia Post contract here, so my husband is the postie. We have staff, but sometimes he has to deliver. And then we own a car detailing business that we kind of fly under the banner of the sign writing business, and we have an employee for that too. So yeah.
0: I wouldn't be embarrassed. I think that's just absolutely kick-ass. <laughs> no, just kick-ass it is. No, it's, it's so amazing. Because what we sorry, what we haven't actually said is that – you're a young couple. Yes. You live in Warwick, Nabeel, and you have five children. Yes. You know, all under the age of 13. 13. Yeah. You know, like, I have a large family, so there's six of us, only four kids, um, it, but it's busy. Like, that in itself is, is busy, and the older they get you know, the more you have to juggle. Like, there's not a lot of time for us all to have, you know, when you put work and a business on there, to have those extra little bits. You've got, you know, five businesses and, yeah, managing social media and you don't have a huge empire or anything. Like, you're just hard working. Like, it's yeah, amazing. It's like, it sounds amazing, but it's also not very smart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, well... <laughs> I wouldn't say because I can't give a hundred percent of myself to everything. To everything. So exactly. everything is yeah. not getting a hundred percent of me, yeah. including the children sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't necessarily agree with my decision to have this yeah. many businesses, but, but what could you let go? Nothing. Um, yeah. 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 I'm really trapped. <laughs> yeah. i um, yep. not trapped. That sounds like I can't make a decision to change, which I absolutely could, but I just, there's nothing I would give up. I did give up Joey Jellybean. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through a pretty severe burnout and that had to go. That could go. And but I knew for a while I needed to let that go. So when I did, I actually just felt relief, not sadness that I'd done it, which I would feel if I let go of anything I have now. Um, but also, I think it's a, it's my natural state to feel overwhelmed. Um, something I'm trying to change. But if I feel like I've all of a sudden got a bit of spare time, like I'll in, I'll employ someone full time, and that takes heaps off my plate, I'll put something else on House my plate. On the plate. Yeah. So yes. that's how we ended
0: up where we are now. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I think there are so many people nodding right now because yep. I'm nodding. I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's Sounds what I, I do. Right. But I know that feeling of, of letting go of a business. Um, I did that at the end of last year. And yeah, there was no shame attached to it in the end. It was just, it felt like the right time. And I just can't believe that, I suppose that pocket of relief that it opens in you. So I could just imagine if you kept taking a couple more of those things off, just, Oh my gosh how you'd feel um, Do you want to tell me about your experience of, of burnout and and how that happened and how you've dealt with it as well? Yep yeah, so I didn't even
1: know what burnout was I didn't know it was a thing and I felt like I had unlimited capacity like I could just go and go and go I would stay up until three in the morning screen printing and sewing bibs get up in the morning at seven and do the kids in the house and all the things that I needed to do and even though I was treating my body quite poorly like I was drinking too much coffee or energy drinks or things like that to do it I would just be able to cope because I always did and then it got to a point and I don't know why it was like my body just gave up and said nah that's too much you've you've gone too far And it started off, I had actually had Ross River, the mosquito um, virus, and all my joints like seized up and it was really painful and there's no, like you just have to ride that out. There's nothing you can do to get rid of it. Um, And it like re-emerged. It was like everything was sort of low and it sort of come back up. So my fingers started to, I couldn't move my fingers and lift my arms up, lift my children up. And then I got really bad brain fog. I had eye twitches. I was slurring my speech. Um, I couldn't think of words, like a simple word to say. I just, I could, it didn't come to me, Um, like shame. Like I just, that surprised me that I came up with the right word because sometimes I just can't anymore. And I actually thought I had was like MS or something because you know, obviously you Google all your symptoms. Oh my god! A lot of those symptoms did not look good, and (laughs) yep. I went to the doctor and I was sort of explaining all the symptoms and he was looking down lines of testing and things like that. And then he just sort of looked at me and said, actually, how about you tell me about your life first? And he did know me and he did know that I had five children, but he didn't know what else I did and I explained it all. And he just shook his head at me and he said, you are like, that is, you're too far burnt out um, and you can actually do permanent damage. So he was talking about admitting me to hospital to force me to rest because... He knew I wouldn't if I went home and I was given a choice to go into hospital or drop something, which is when I decided to drop Joey Jellybean. But I didn't know I had a limit until then and definitely found out I had the limit and I didn't learn from that. I've burnt out many times since, but I recognised the sign. Like we joke about it at work, but like if Deanne asked, one of my girls asked me to cut a sheet on the laser cutter and that Just that one extra thing that I have to do if my eye starts twitching, we're like, oh no, the eye twitches back, like Joe's done, she's doing too much. Just like a simple task that adds on to already your to-do list can cause that physical reaction and it's your body telling you to slow down, um, which I struggle with because obviously I can't necessarily always slow down. But I've learned to rest quickly, so like I could take a weekend off and it won't, completely get me out of burnout but it'll get me enough so I can function and if I'm lucky enough I might get the next weekend as well um so I don't know if I have any huge tips I'm sitting here <laughs> I just
0: want to say take a holiday please yeah, go I take wish. a break <laughs> I know and I know that how hard that is to actually do with everything that you guys do yeah. and especially with the post delivery I mean gosh yeah so small the town, post, yeah. they'll just all fall over if Joel f- stops well, delivering l- legally we
1: have to deliver them. yeah, so yeah we, exactly we like. Um, we get public holidays, yep. so that's our yeah. holiday.
0: Yeah. Um, we're trying to change that at the moment with employees and things like that. Well, to that's get a the break. thing, isn't it? Is yep. is finding to put someone else on to you know to help relieve some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how much time do you spend on your phone? It's a weird <laughs> question, isn't it? I was just thinking um, you have a huge audience with Pinknade um you know are you on it all the time like how much time does it take to build such an amazing community of women a very long time
1: so it's taken us three years to build Pinkney to where it is um I hate to think how much I'm on my phone I did put the screen time thing on and then took it off because (laughs) (laughs) it was like every Sunday morning I'd get a ding like you spent this much time on your screen and it is work like um but all you know everybody is a can you know get that addiction where you just I'll just quickly go in and reply to a few dms and then it's been three hours and you've gone down a rabbit hole or you've done things but also when you've like we're trying to be quite diverse so we have Facebook we have Instagram we have TikTok which is my new thing um there's you've got to have different content for each platform different you've got a different audience on each
0: platform like it's it's a, th- it's a thing. It's- and I don't like to interrupt, but how important multi-channel distribution slash marketing is now. Like more than ever, we've just discovered with Facebook pulling, you know, um, pretty much putting a ban on a lot of pages. Like I think it's really made people realise that, oh, hey, we rely on that platform way too much. Like we need to own something, our own database. Um, so for you, have you started to like given what's happened on Facebook in the last sort of 24 hours, had that made you think about using other platforms as well for your marketing? Do you already have a database? Well, I have been building my
1: email database, which is probably the only thing you can actually own at the moment. I think Instagram could just shut your page off. It's happened to lots of people lately, which would be so devastating. Like that gives me so much anxiety to think they could just take all of that hard work away. Um, So email databases, yes. I didn't, start early enough I don't think I think once you start a business you should instantly start collecting and building your email database I have a mentor um, team who have pushed me towards it and we do marketing towards building our list and things like that so um, it's new for me but it should have been something I did at the start
0: yeah and I mean just if someone's listening and they're at say ground zero with it I mean something as simple as MailChimp You know, it's free. It's really easy to understand in terms of drag and drop, and you can set some campaigns up. You could even have a, um, you know, a sequence so someone signs up and they get a a nice welcome. Uh, You know, the other one, say if you're in retail, so you got an e-commerce, would be Clavio, Like, go and pay that extra money to have something that is really robust. But yeah, we really need to build those markets, don't we? Yeah, but it is
1: like, understand why people don't because it's the reason I didn't. It is so over my head like
0: wow, i know yeah. tech
1: but there's just some tech i just can't and i can't work out i use active campaign which is like i guess similar to clavio no it is yep definitely yeah, i just yep. use a team to manage it because i actually was one of my mentors was trying to talk me through how to set up a sequence and i burst into tears like it's too hard like who can i pay to do this i need to outsource this this is something i need exactly. to exactly yeah um which i would recommend but also there's not always a budget for that too. So, um, But I think it should be a priority now more than ever for people to focus on there.
0: Yep, definitely. So one thing I have noticed with your Instagram is that I can tell that it's from you. Like there are your earring captions, but then there's these little personal ones just peppered in your grid, um, you know, asking people about maybe their favourite book or something like that. But then a couple that are a little bit more deeper as well. Like is that intentional? Yes it is. Um, I focus a lot
1: on building connections and relationships and I don't want people to, I want them to be able to relate to me and for people to know the real me. I find it sometimes hard if you're like holding shame on something and no one else shares that they actually feel that same shame about something so I don't, want to make someone feel like that so I'll share things even if it's hard for me to do um to make someone else feel like that's okay because we're all in this together mm-hmm. sort of thing um I don't know I just love women yeah <laughs> well you feel I- like if we just connect and things like that yeah. man, on a personal level not just me trying to sell you earrings all the
0: time um that's kind of a part of the reason I'm doing it and I think you've provided me a perfect segue so thank you uh you are you are the type of person I see kindness and generosity through your account but I also see you holding your hand back and pulling other people up and along with you women supporting women is a very big why or a very big purpose would you say to your business it is yeah yeah um and I'll do whatever I
1: can but it's not to say that I don't struggle with that too because I think people aren't necessarily always open and honest about that so I will support a woman in any way that I can but I always still have that little bit of doubt like oh if I help her then she might take my business or she might do something like that and I intentionally push that voice back and go no there's enough room for all of us and we can all succeed and me helping her is not going to take away from me in any way shape or form but it is that little I don't know if it's society or things that tell us that there's just not that many places at the table and if you help someone else up that will diminish your you know your success or things like that so I think that a lot you know it's well women supporting women but we don't necessarily always talk about that there is that little voice Um, but I think it's important to because we get burnt
0: along the way, Johanna. There's always one. Um, And, you know, that's got nothing to do with gender, I don't think. I think that's just, you know, people, human race. Um, And there's always one. And I suppose you've just got to keep being open until that happens. And it's amazing how quick you can shut down when that happens. Um, But at the end of the day, they can't be you. No, there's only one you. Yeah, Yeah, so it's very unique, whatever you bring to the table. Um, How have you gone? I mean, you do have a earring business that is heavily designed what's it do people take your designs at all like does that come into it um surprisingly not surprisingly that sounds
1: really like oh my stuff is so good (laughs) um (laughs) no one apart from one company in like Portugal or yeah. something that yep. did like exactly the same I found that you in community quite respectful oh that's awesome yeah I haven't yeah I haven't really come across any oh some that are like oh, that's a bit borderline um but they don't know what I'm going to come up with the next so, yes see yeah. that's the
0: thing you'll always be one step ahead yeah
1: but it's exhausting at the same time and it's frustrating and people say take it as a compliment that no. someone's copied you no no then <laughs> it <laughs> and but then I think actually I get excited now because I'm like, oh, you thought I was getting a little bit too complacent there. You've just forced me to come up with something new and something fresh. And then you do it and you, you know, get to that next level. And you're like, oh, you push me. You yeah. don't know that you did, but. Yeah, but um, you use that as a driving Yeah, factor. so now yeah. instead of getting frustrated, I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah. I really needed that push. And um, now I'm going to come up with something amazing, even though I'll probably burn out in the process because <laughs> I've got nothing left to give. And now I feel like I have to produce something new. So I'm different again. And um, so, yeah, it depends how you take it I, I guess. suppose it does yeah.
0: um before I mentioned about your kindness and generosity and how that comes through um I know you've mentioned once before that um you're very generous in what you do and what you provide so in terms of placing an order yes. you could place your first order but is it your second order you get a pack of affirmation cards So, you get one with your first and your second. Yes. So,
1: we, um, I focus and my whole life is based around gratitude and being grateful. So, I feel like it can turn, actually, no, it can turn, you know, you can't feel angry and grateful at the same time. So, I would rather feel grateful than, um, you know, resentful and things like that. So, I want to show my pink nade, girl gang, how grateful I am because I wouldn't be where I am and I wouldn't be living this life if it wasn't for them. So, They'll buy a pair of earrings, which are already amazing, like they're getting something cool anyway. But then we'll in their first order, they'll get a free pair of girl gang studs, which is just a welcome to the girl gang. They'll get a free pack of affirmation cards, which is um, kind of, I guess it's aligned with our branding, but more so about our values. So like empowering women. And then if you spend over a certain amount, you get a mini earring board. With your second order, there's a second pack of affirmation cards, like a different one again. And then with your third and however many orders after that some like we've had some customers that you know 20 something orders they get a gratitude notepad which is a 25 page notepad so it doesn't matter how many times you get it because it's like a consumable thing um so it's just like three things you're grateful for that day and just to get into the habit of practicing gratitude we with our retail store which is pink Nade boutique our clothing store we have another pack of affirmation cards that is around body positivity where did you come up with these ideas
0: I don't know. You're just clever. You're just clever. <laughs> they
1: just come to me in the middle of the night. Like I just said to the girls before, oh, I couldn't sleep last night and I've come up with this idea. So I've written it down and um, I'll put it into action. I think that's – I'm pretty grateful for my drive and motivation because I can come up with things and action them and it just comes naturally. Not necess- I don't have to push it. So It's amazing. Yeah. And, I mean, that's got to cost something though. Like. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So my accountant would probably advise not to do those things. <laughs> <laughs> and I do like – Obviously, with an accounting background, I'm wary of my profit margins and the financial cost of giving away freebies, but I know down to the cent how much those cost me um, and I can afford it. I Like, I take that hit on profit because I think it's worthwhile and I want to show that appreciation, um, but what I get from it, and like, from a business perspective, it helps with your return customers, so we like daily I'll put in we've got a Facebook like a messenger group with the girls from work and I get positive feedback every day on things like that their customer experience their you know I thought I was buying a pair of earrings and I got all of this other thing and I just feel so like like I'm really a part of your community and then they'll come back and buy again so it's not necessarily my intention but it does help with return customer
0: rate so you're all over the numbers of your business then that's what I picked up as well in that little bit (laughs) yes I wasn't always yeah um and I,
1: I've got two mentor teams um, who help me with different areas in my business. And I've probably been doing that for six months now. And one of them is heavily focused on figures and knowing what they are, knowing what your profit margins are, percentages and trying to keep to them. So, I have been guided along that path, but I didn't always. But now I'm really like um, some of the girls who work for me have their own businesses. and like, how much does your product cost you? Oh, I don't know. I'm like, tell me work it out and then we'll talk about it and make sure you've got the right margins because when I had Joey Jellybean, I was screen printing these bibs, I was sewing them, I was like the amount of effort and then I was wholesaling them for $8 and that was not... I thought I was making money but I was not making a cent for all of that time so now I'm really cautious. Am I making money? And then it makes me... I have this limiting belief that I'm greedy, <laughs> like it's all about money um, so then I feel bad for being like, no, we can't do that because the margin's not there or things like that so um I just have to work through that and keep like there and like I've got staff so I
0: you know I need to make money I need to pay wages and yeah definitely so again there's a whole nother conversation there isn't there why do we feel greedy when we're actually making a profit I don't know it's just
1: yeah or we want more like should we just be be grateful for what we're earning and why do we want to get to that next level yeah
0: I don't know um mentoring groups where did you find them facebook oh <laughs> <laughs> everybody goes to find everything yeah no,
1: i actually posted um like a question box in i think it was like-minded
0: i've seen you in Don't there know, for a lot of swear on yeah. you. yes we are like-minded,
1: looking for recommendations on mentors and i got some great recommendations and i went with two Um, two different groups one woman helps me mainly with my wholesale side of business um, because that's a big part of my business and the other team helped me with more like the website and the numbers and the email marketing and Facebook ads Um, things like that so I feel like I get best of both worlds Um, and then the one who helps me with wholesale runs business retreats which I went to my first one um the end of last year I think and it was like the best thing I could have ever done because it was a group of business women at each other's levels and it was really um I don't know I don't know how to say it but everyone was really free with their knowledge like it wasn't I'm not going to tell you that oh if I could help you I'll help you and I learned so much from that weekend alone and I gave as much as I got
0: but that was the whole point of it was to share and yeah. Yeah. So, they've been a good investment for your business. Absolutely. Yeah. Do it's you wish you had it done it earlier then or it's come at the right time? Um,
1: I wish I had done it earlier, but to be completely honest, I couldn't afford to. Yeah. It's um, not necessarily cheap. There are, like, there's different levels of mentoring and things like that. Um, but for me, the investment is 100% worth it. A big thing I learned at Tony Robbins was don't re, don't try and always reinvent the wheel Um, find someone who's doing what you want to do and learn as much as you can from them and don't just take from them offer something so like say hey Kim, Billy, I want to learn how to do a podcast can I take you out for tea like let's have a coffee and then I'll offer you something it's a day yeah it's a day (laughs) (laughs) so it's not just take 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 but like why waste your time trying to reinvent the wheel when someone else can help you a lot quicker? And even I was just speaking yesterday, um, Sarah, our new employee for our sign writing business, she's got a graphic design degree, so she, but in relation to sign writing, sometimes there's just little things. And there were a few issues yesterday that I was able to resolve quite quickly because i had had those issues in the past and had to work out how to resolve it myself. And it caused so much heartache and I just thought, I wish I had me back like you're so I'm so jealous that you that you have me who's done all of this stuff the wrong way to know the right
0: way to do it which is what a mentor does for you so they do yeah Ah, that's so good so you mentioned gratitude before and you know in saying that you can't be angry and grateful at the same time where has that whole gratitude thing stemmed from Tony Robbins oh Tony (laughs) I feel like I'm
1: like I mean I'm in the cult I'm drinking the Kool-Aid and I'm (laughs) I definitely do not push him on everyone he's not for everyone but like I just my whole life turned around after this um conference but that was where I like I always knew about gratefulness and I practiced it um there's a project in Australia called the Resilience Project and got the book yeah it's fantastic it's amazing and he does talks in schools and things like that and if you you know do the daily practice of writing down three things you're grateful for throughout your day you won't be focusing on the negative you'll be thinking about oh what positive could I write down tonight and then it changes your mindset to focus on the positive and not the negative so it changes like this it just seems so simple to write down like today I was so stoked at the pub open back up and I could go and have a pot and palmer (laughs) that's letting out my country bogan there but like then you know getting excited about that and not thinking about something that was really negative
0: that is hugely worth celebrating a pot and (laughs) palmer at the pub (laughs) (laughs) even better if it's a Thursday night for 12 bucks it's awesome (laughs) yeah and it had
1: been a while last year when we were all shut down and things like that so um any excuse not to have to cook tea for my five children is a good thing but yeah I definitely learned it from like a few different places I guess but really started to put it into practice after this seminar that I attended and I don't know I think there's a I don't know how to say it but you know you're seeing everyone's highlight reels and there's this like keeping up with the Joneses so how come they got a new car and I can't get a new car and um that feeling is not a nice feeling um that you're not enough or you're not doing enough or you just so then to flip it and be like oh I'm so grateful I've got a car some people don't even have a car and my car goes it's registered the wheels are going to like you know oh I'm so lucky I've got a car and good for them you know and then you don't know that they didn't like mortgage their house to get that car and they lose sleep at night because they can't actually afford the car that they've got because they're trying to keep up with the Joneses and not to say that that's always the case but you don't know because it's a highlight reel you don't know um what really is going on behind the scenes and just to be able to bring yourself back to be grateful Um, can cause you lack to not have so much heartache. Yeah,
0: but I suppose we're just conditioned to show up with the best version of ourselves. Yes. So before we wrap it up, there's just one more question. Oh, there's two questions um, that I want to ask. The first one being that, you know, we're in a rural town. Um, there's not many opportunities in rural communities, unfortunately. However, we can start our own businesses and be so very successful. You could even start five if you wanted. (laughs) But what I love about you, Johanna, is that you're providing opportunity for other women in your community and especially those that are mums with kids that need to work, will need to find a nine to three. Do you realise just how big that is and how in just what a wonderful thing you're doing I do
1: because it's a part of my why and why I do what I do I wish I could have had a workplace where um I could have flexible hours like if my child had a doctor's appointment that I could be like oh I've got a doctor's appointment is it okay if I start an hour early to like make up for that hour and for that to just be cool um and then to come to work and be able to bitch about your you know your life and things like that and have like a supportive and be like yeah arsehole or you know whatever and it's fine um so I guess it stems from me wishing that I had that and then wanting to provide it but I do believe that there is yes we're in a rural town there's about two and a half thousand people here there are so many opportunities um obviously we've just st- like done five so far but and we would do more if we had time Um, people can do this sort of stuff I think it's a fear of failure and a fear of um, if it doesn't work out what will people think especially in a small town that can be a thing that was a thing for us too but we've worked through that and we don't care now Um, and nothing has failed (laughs) so you go (laughs) and we've employed some amazing people and we're like continually always growing and like it has its challenges and things like that as well but it's a big part of why we do what we do and we love that we can provide a workplace that's fun. So
0: amazing. And I know you have fun because I see you on Instagram. I see you on Insta Stories. You have lots of dancing fun. (laughs) Now, one last question. Tell me about a friend of yours that we need to know
1: about. All right. We talked about this before because I'm going to say two. I feel like I couldn't just – or maybe three. I can't. You can say as many as you like. Okay. So, I have two girls that work for me who have their own businesses. One is Brittany. She has a business called Bish Collective and she sells – clothing and candles and things like that all along the lines of body positivity and inclusiveness and things like that and then we have Deanne who has worked for me from the start and she's just started her bath bomb business called Exploding Indulgence. Um, cool name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's she's very niche so they're dirty bath bombs um, not not all of them she does do like kids related ones but there's some um, I don't know you would say it. R-rated bath bombs yeah Ooh. so the exploding indulgence kind of oh wow yeah if you check her I out I'm intrigued yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to have a look there's some in the shop we sell oh, them in yeah. the store as well um so yeah I'm really proud of the girls and Deanne I guess necessarily wasn't always um entrepreneurial and I've pushed or years because I can't understand how someone can't be. That's just how my brain works and um, she's done it and she's doing an amazing job. I feel like I want to support all my friends but <laughs> there's so many and they all have businesses um, but I do have one other, well, two women. They run a business here locally called Aubrina Regra. It's a marketing agency um, and they are all about supporting rural businesses and with a big emphasis on rural
0: women in business. Um, so, yeah. I think they're killing it as well. Yeah. Um, and they did a fantastic job because um, there's a couple of stories that are on our radar because of them. So they definitely do their job. They know where to find their niche audience and, um,
1: yeah, that's Yeah, amazing. and they've got, like, they both worked in Melbourne. Like, um, Kaz used to work for Myers. I'm not sure where Kate worked, but she worked in marketing and branding and things like that. And I can always go to them if I have a question. Um, I just – they – Got a really good campaign recently to do some video commercials to like highlight um, the area and I was the talent so.
0: I can't wait to see <laughs> <Yeah>. it
1: <laughs> I'm very extremely nervous to see it um, it was a fun day but like to be able to support each other in that way like they needed someone and you know I'll take a day off work to do that when you've got
0: professionals behind the camera honestly you yeah. look amazing they, I, hope so. they, yeah. I feel like it was a lot of me I know but they've got <laughs> so. this magic wand that they just like wave over so. everything and you'll just go oh my gosh wow look at that yeah,
1: yeah I hope so yeah my children were in it too and it was a
0: it was a day beautiful well I want to say thank you for being a guest on my podcast thank you for being more than just a hashtag women supporting women like you actually embody it and that's really important you know this whole movement that we're trying to create support and grow is more than just a hashtag um and let's wrap up so I can go have a shop in yeah. your shop, <laughs> say I... a shot. No, oh, okay. Oh, we can have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's after twelve, so we can do it yeah. Certainly have a wine. Uh, but yeah, I promised uh, the girls that I'd bring home some earrings for them, and okay. yeah, I need some for my outfits as well. So thank Perfect. you so much, Johanna, for being a friend of mine. No, Rose, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Now, before you take off with all that inspiration and knowledge, we'd love for you to leave a review on our podcast so that we can continue to amplify women's voices in the media. And if you have any questions we'd like to celebrate a win, you can always connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at oakmagazineau. I'm so glad we've met and that now you know a friend of mine.